0: Strength and power, dominating sounds. They can be good if they represent authority, but sometimes, in fact, far too often, they teeter over the edge and become something that we use for protection. My strength, my power, my dominating in tone keeps you out. That keeps me safe. Authority is great, but protection, not so much. That's what we're going to be unraveling today. I think you're going to like this episode with Cherry May. And I don't want you to miss a minute. Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the podcast. So happy to have you with me today as always. And I've got a great episode for you today. Many of you know that I started a second podcast, Psychology of the Voice. And I've had it on hold for a while, very specifically, for very specific reasons, one of which has to do with my intense belief in wanting to get people results. And one of the things I noticed that was happening with this show, people loved it, But one of the things that I noticed was happening was there was this illusion that, okay, great, we've got it. And that started to bother me. So I put it on hold. And what I've got for you today, and I'm going to do this on multiple episodes, is I'm actually transferring some of those recordings over here to the Captivate the Room podcast. Now... I still feel the same way. I have concerns about how the subconscious will trick us into believing, okay, we've got it when really we don't always have it. But I found that the episodes were very valuable. I got tremendous feedback. People loved them. So I've moved some of them over here with a caveat What you hear is an individual assessment, individual things that I'm plugging in, and we are really looking at a a body of work that is centered around a lifetime of voice stories, voice masks, voice habits that aren't serving us, that were created to protect us. So keeping that in mind, I'm going to share this episode with you because I think there's still a lot of value in it. All right, so let's head on over to the show. Hey, Cherry, how are you? So glad to have you with me today. Thank you very much for having me. How are things? Okay, good.
1: I'm looking forward to this.
0: Yeah. Oh, why is it that you're looking forward to this? Tell me. I think because I've always had,
1: um, I've never liked the tone of my voice. I don't not necessarily when I hear it when I'm speaking like this, but if I ever hear recordings of it, I've always found it sounds a lot deeper than I think it is. Oh, okay. Um, so I've never really liked the sound of my own voice. Okay. So it'd be okay. interesting to see what comes up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I'm already making some notes. Well, I always start by letting everybody know, I've I've never met you before. I mean, I know who you are, but we've never had a conversation before. Yeah. And so I, we talked for two minutes, literally before I hit record. And I always start with having people talk to us a little bit about who they are and what they do, what they have for a career or business. So I'm just going to let you talk for a little bit and I'm going to be making some notes
1: okay um i am a spiritual life coach um so i help people with self-empowerment and building boundaries and building the most important relationship in their life which is with themselves um it's been a long journey to get to that point i've was a bodyguard for 14 years then through injury i moved into becoming a pilates instructor because that fixed me so i've always been a about serving others in all my jobs Um, so yeah so now i'm a life coach and i think even more so now than ever with coming out of three years of lockdowns and pandemics and stuff people's mental health is probably the most important thing at the moment that needs to be addressed so that's my main focus at the moment is to help people with that
0: Tell me more about, I've got several questions, a bodyguard. Yes. Wow. I've never met a bodyguard in all the thousands of people I've worked with over the years.
1: Hello. <laughs> How did you get
0: into that line of work?
1: Um, I, was, I joined the British Territorial Army, which is kind of like your reserves. Um, and when I was at university, which is the equivalent to your ROTC, That's what I was in. And when I went for my exams to become an officer at Sandhurst, I was already 25. And back then, you weren't allowed to enter Sandhurst after your 25th birthday. So I wasn't allowed to join. And one of my sergeant majors was retiring and was setting up his own security company as a bodyguard. And I thought, that sounds interesting. Um, So I looked into it and got myself qualified then um, the whole army structure changed and it's like, well, I'm making really good money and I'm liking what I'm doing. So I never went back down the army route um, and spent 14 years being a bodyguard, traveling the world, looking after people,
0: which was wow. pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. OK, so what was it then, because in my mind, being a spiritual life coach is very different than being a bodyguard. Maybe it's not, but how how did you make that transition? What what was going on there? I think the correlation between the
1: two is you always rely on your gut instinct, so your intuition. So that element has always been throughout that career was you always trusted your gut, you always went through with your intuition and you didn't question it. Um, so I think stepping into the... Life coaching, the spiritual coaching now has made that transition a lot easier because that's always been a part of my life in terms of trusting my intuition. Um, I think it made it even more easier because I was, back in 2004, I was one of four women who were the first to go out to Iraq to be security because it was always men. And we were the first British four women to go out to proved that women could do the job as well. And during that year that I was out there, I had a lot of waking premonitions, which saved my life um, because I saw what was going on. Um, Initially, it was a lot of ridicule when things like that first happened. Um, But I think the, the thing that kind of solidified in my mind that it was stuff really was real and you could receive guidance was um one of the entry gates into the center of Baghdad was blown up which was called Assassin's Gate and as I was driving past I saw it go and I was in the middle of a conversation um and I just stopped talking and my buddy who was driving one of my teammates it was like, why did you just stop talking? It's like, Assassin's Gate's just been blown up. Did you not hear or see that? It's like, don't be stupid. Of course it didn't. You're just imagining things. Um, went, got back to the operation house and he told everybody. They all had a good laugh. <clears throat> and then 10 minutes later, there was an almighty boom. And five minutes later, it was on CNN News. Assassin's Gate had just been blown up. And everyone just looked at me and went, OK. <laughs> <laughs> and after that everyone would go we're doing this route what do you th- think is this did you get any feelings oh, what do you reckon so it was more everyone was like from ridicule to validation and going what do you reckon of this route we, we think of are doing this what do you reckon so it was like tapping into that and when i came back to the uk i wanted to delve more into that side of things so i started to go to the college of psychic studies here in london and started to do a bit more training on how to
0: develop and open up and see how all that stuff works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So who is your ideal client?
1: Um, I guess my ideal client is me a couple of years ago. So somebody who is open to the idea of mindset, Work and tapping into the universal energies that are around us and within us um, to remove blocks, old stories, um, and help guide us through all of that. Um, okay.
0: Can you give me? And there's a, there's a, there is a, literally a reason I'm asking these questions. That. The thing I want to know is, are they a certain age group? Do you feel like, do you feel like they are career people, entrepreneur people? I want to know some of the characteristics, their empaths, their, and if you don't, if you don't know, it could like, if it's, you know, when people say, who's your ideal client, Tracy, I want to say everybody, but you know, are there any specific factors you could tell me, characteristics you could tell me about these ideal clients?
1: Um, I would say the majority of them are women. I have had a couple of men, but they are very far and few between. Um, and the age range... I mean, initially, when I first started, like, well, I want to work with people who are my age group or maybe five years younger and who's got a lot, lot of life experience and that sort of stuff. But I'm finding I'm getting people from the ages of like 25 all the way up to nearly 60. And so Mm -hmm. putting an age range on it, I've learned that the age range is completely irrelevant to me. It's what experiences they've had, because somebody of 28 and somebody Mm -hmm. of 68 could actually have had exactly the same life experiences. The 28 has been really condensed because of the life they've had up until that point. Mm -hmm. And the 68-year-old could have had a really easier life and it's just expanded over that length of time and it's a culminated in something that's triggered them to go and get help later on in life
0: sure
1: i think also with going into the Aquarian age a few years ago and everything wakening up more people are becoming more open to the idea and aware of life coaching and mindset work and how it can help and i think again with The pandemic and people taking more more care of their health, people are less inclined to pop pills as a result, as an answer, and want to be more empowered to take those steps to help themselves rather than rely on others to help them.
0: Okay, so let me ask you this. Do you feel like you always had a lower voice?
1: Yes, I think I do. It's like from childhood. Over a cold.
0: Yeah, yeah. It would, of course, be a little bit lower today because of the cold. But do you feel like you always felt like you had a lower range?
1: I think so, yes. I feel that I have. I mean, I've tried to find footage of me when I was a kid, and it's difficult to find stuff where the quality of the sound is Mm. good enough to hear. Um, But yeah, I think I've my perception is that my voice has always been quite low.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to address that, But I'm, I'm gonna, and I'm going to talk about several things. Uh, the other question I wanted to ask you is, what do you want people to feel about you when they first meet you? Like two or three things. You know, I always talk about, I want you to feel like you've known me your whole life. Or what are things you want us to immediately go, yep, That's who Cherry is.
1: I want them to feel comfortable to open up. I want them to feel like I'm somebody they can trust.
0: Um, And that I'm not going to judge them. Okay. So this is interesting. And I feel like what I'm what I'm hearing and what I'm picking up. I think you're kind of like, I don't remember who the episode was, but I told her, it may have been Kelly S. It may have been the other, another gal from the UK. I feel you're like an M&M. And we've got this hard candy shell on the outside that I think was crafted. I don't, because in the underbelly of that, So I think when you say to me, I want people to feel comfortable to open up. I want them to feel like they can trust me. I want them to feel like I'm not going to judge them. I think that's who you really are. Those are not your lead sounds. And I think that is because of environmental factors, the work that you did, the training that you had. So it's almost like it's ingrained in you. There's a heaviness that comes in the weight of your voice, that mm-hmm. is not allowing the lightness through, but the lightness is there. Is this resonating with you so far? Yeah, it's funny you say that, because a friend
1: said to me the other day, I said something, and they said, you're quite a marshmallow, aren't you? And I went, yeah, I'm a marshmallow, but I'm that small that's been put over the bonfire, and that's got that crusty yard shell on yeah. the outside. And That's just come back to me as you were saying that
0: yeah and and nothing is bad, but I think the biggest thing for me is i don't feel the invitation
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's the first thing you that's the first thing you want me to feel, and I don't think it's because you, cherry, are not inviting me in. I think it's this facade that has been created that you lived for years because and and I do think that's a part of you. I think you are no nonsense. You are a problem solver. You are a get it done gal. Mm-hmm. Those traits are there. Where I think this facade, this this, and I'm calling it a facade, it's it's really not a facade. It's this, it, it's coming from the needing to prove family. And I think that makes sense. In my mind, I've, I have no, no idea what the UK military is like or, in, or a bodyguard or any of that. But I have worked with a lot of people in the US military. And yeah. I think there is a, I mean, we're talking life and death here. It's like, you know, I mean, that's an important piece. Yeah. Is that... Is that true? Would you say that was, you know, I, a a woman in a man's world, a woman in a bodyguard role, a bodyguard, you know, all these factors. Yes. There's a seriousness that is critical.
1: Yeah, I would
0: say that's great. And I do think you're a serious person, but I don't think you're letting us have any of the ooey gooey. (laughs) I want more of the ooey gooey. Yeah. And it's there. I know that it's there. It's just lower layers down. So I think we need to crack some things open and let more of that flow out. Is that, does that resonate with you? Does that feel like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I've had this
1: thought process that I know what you, what you've just said is exactly true that there is that Then I've got this hard shell that's been built up over time and it's trying to break that down. Which is why I wanted to speak to you because yeah. I'm doing the work, but obviously that's not translating in my voice and my tone when I'm speaking yeah. to people.
0: And that's exactly, you know, I love that you just said that and that's, Yeah, I've said it before on shows. I can totally tell when people have done the inner work. But that doesn't mean, I mean, the the body keeps the score. Mm. Whatever the voice, you know, the voice is going to hold it until we rewrite it all. And you're not coming across with an edge like condescension or defensiveness or it's not a negative, Mm. but it is blocking the invitation. Okay, yeah. And, and so it wouldn't surprise me if people, you, you're actually reminding me quite a bit of Kelly S episode. She's very, was very, no nonsense, very, let's go, let's get it done. And I said to her, it wouldn't surprise me if people think I'm not smart enough to work with you. I'm not good enough to work with you. That's one of my concerns here is that you know and that's why i was asking you about the ideal client are they empaths are they touchy-feely are they because i can hear how their subconscious could go oh she's not gonna put up with me and there's nothing further from the truth when i hear the underbelly of your voice
1: yeah i think the subconscious part of me knows that which is why i've always been extremely resistant to doing videos for my business Mm. i've always done written texts And I've always, when I've been tasked with coaches and other things, it's like, go do a video. And I've always had a massive resistance about doing that because I've never felt that I come across as the way I am.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I can, I mean, I can see that. And I literally think it comes from this. You couldn't a big part of your life. You can't go into some of the things you went into all touchy-feely nurturer. No, I mean, that's it's life and death stuff. So we need to get some tactics to soften that. And I think there's merit to being known. I mean, no nonsense and power and strength. That's the person I'd want in my corner. That's the person because I do pick up from you that you're going to get me a solution. You've got my back. You're going to take care of me. That is all in that strength and power. What concerns me about it is, will they hear that first or will they, in their own insecurity and lack of worth and lack of confidence, immediately go to, I'm not good enough to work here. I'm not good in, you know, something, a negative. Yeah. That's, that's what I, that's what I want to play with. I do not think... I do not think your sound is too low, but I think, yeah, yeah. I don't think, I've had people way lower voices than you, but this is what I do think. I think by the nature of your work and the life of, you know, all these cool things, there was probably a danger in utilizing your higher register. So I Mm -hmm. think it's completely shut down and it's still there. It's still there. I mean, we all have a register of high to low, but I think it you just haven't used it much is what no, it okay. seems like to me. I mean, you this was an important register. This was a there was a flatness that was important. There was a seriousness, a heaviness. All of that was important and all of that is a part of you. I do think you are a serious person. I would suspect that you are a serious person, but I also think you're an incredibly nurturing, caring person and probably pretty fun. Um. Yeah, (laughs) I, I can hear that way down there. And so what we have to do is we have to go, Okay, strength and power, getting it done. No nonsense. Boom. I'm good on that. And we have to start working in more of those lighter things, those fun things, those lighter shades, the, you know, the, the, the pitch play, possibly the weight off your voice is what I wanted. I think that's really where I want to go. Let me look at this. Let me just look at all my notes a second. Are you tend to be a analytical thinker? you read the room? Yeah. 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 Yeah, uh uh-huh. And see, again, I would imagine that's, like, critical in your past profession.
1: Yeah, I mean, I gave up bodyguarding nearly 10 years ago now, but I still, when I'm walking out with my parents or my nephews, I will always walk on the side of the road, and they walk, walk on the inside naturally. If I walk into a room or a bar or a pub or a restaurant, I do a scan and I never have my, I never sit to
0: my back to the door. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's ingrained in you.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I feel really uncomfortable when I try and push myself out of that comfort zone and deliberately sit with my back to the door and I'm, it doesn't like it.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that's okay. You know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think we need to change anything. Of yeah. that. I think because I think that's a part, I think those are parts of you. What mm. I don't know is a part of you is if that has to be the lead sound always. No. That's no, what I'm that's what I'm challenging, is because I do think you're serious. I do think you're no nonsense. I do think you're outcome-driven. I do think you have an incredible strength and power that people and I when I talk about power, I'm not talking about Disney villain, Cruella Deville power. I'm talking about man, you could help me kind of power. I got your back power, which is good power. But I bet I wonder, so, all right, so let me ask you another question. How do you right now, if you're not doing a lot of video and I can see why you wouldn't wanna do video, totally, that's fine. We need to get you where you can and will because that's gonna be an important piece of it. And I think that you have a lot to offer, I think people really can get value from you. How are you... Okay, so written text is how you're basically getting clients. Do you get on a call with them or you know, do you, or do they... Tell me a little bit about that because that's going to affect where I go next.
1: Um, no, I've never gotten on a call with clients. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I rely really heavily on getting my messaging right. So that when I send them the link, they purchase. Okay. So that I don't have to get onto a call. Wow. Um, Oh, my goodness. Okay. Because I think I didn't, I don't want to come across as too harsh. Because on the odd occasion, right at the beginning, when I did used to get
0: on the call, I never used to make a sale. Do you think it was this and what you're calling tone, I think is what I'm calling this, what it's really, it's, it's either we have angular or circular sounds and it's more of an mm-hmm. angular sound. Do you think it, that is what it was? Yeah. I yeah. Think so. Okay. So that's what I want to go after. What is your, do you have a program or a product that you sell? Um, I have several. Um,
1: at the moment, I'm focusing on. Um, I'm also a numerologist, oh, okay. which leads into one-to-one coaching because I can guide you through oh, okay. you know, your personal numbers and the energy bodies and stuff. Um, and I'm got my signature program, which I'm bringing out at the end of the year, so I won't mention that yet because that's still a long way off. But I'm also want to. I'm opening up a, in the summer a, a membership program. Okay. Um. Because business people and entrepreneurs have loads of coaches that they can go to. But for one of a better term, Joe Public, they're the people that I feel need it the most and don't mm. really know where to get it. So they're the people I'm trying to attract and open up their eyes to the possibilities.
0: Okay. Would you say Joe Public is even more insecure and unsure than an entrepreneur that has access to tons of coaches and things. Maybe the better question is more imposter syndrome. Like, I don't want anybody to know that I don't have it all together.
1: I think not so much they've got imposter syndrome, I don't think they've got it all together. I think for them, possibly a few years ago, more so than now, that why do they need a mindset coach? Why do they need life coaching? That's for the business people, the CEOs, uh, entrepreneurs. I work in a supermarket. Why do I want all that stuff? But people still have that negative narrative still running through their brain, depending on whether you're a shop worker on the shop floor or whether you're a top CEO of a multi-billion pound company. It's, people still have the same problems, just maybe mm-hmm. at different varying degrees.
0: Do you think there's a worth or a worth or confidence or issue here that you're dealing with, with, with your ideal clients?
1: Um, possibly. Okay. I mean, I'm not detracting and so I don't want to work with business people and entrepreneurs because I think they'll probably be easier to work mm-hmm. with because mm-hmm. they are surrounded by no matter what coach you've got, they'll bring a mindset element into their coaching. So they're mm-hmm. open and aware of that sort of work. I think it's the case of those that are not into, in, the, in a business industry where they have access to that or are aware of that. There's a large group of the community worldwide that don't know that this information yeah. exists. Yeah, And I think that's fair for them to be closed off to that just because they don't have their own business.
0: Yeah, okay. Okay, so when we think about the, the, and I keep using the word power. So what we really need to work with, what I need to start plugging in is taking the weight off, light. Uh, so, and the reason I ask about how you get your clients is I was going to have you deliver some dialogue to me. As if I were, I just want to get some dialogue, some of your words. So we might even do, and I know you probably won't love this, but it's the best best way for me to plug in technique. Like if you were doing a video, what might you do a video topic? What might you do a video on? If you were going to do one, what's something you could talk about? Um. self care so my one of my
1: freebie is um self care beyond the bubble bath because mm. a lot of people just think that jumping into a bubble bath with a glass of wine and just laying there for a half an hour is self care and it's like well right to a certain extent yes but that's literally just like a sticking plaster it's not true self care putting boundaries into place um Honouring your own words and sticking to it, trusting yourself, learning to say the word no and that not be a negative connotation. You're saying no to protect your own energy, your own time, because that is sacred stuff that you can't get back. Um, Learning not to say yes to everything so that you can put your needs first because if you don't lead from a full cup that is overflowing and you give from the saucer, then you're constantly on depletion. Because if you're you're constantly giving from a cup, the cup will eventually dry down. But if you're constantly giving from the saucer, the cup is always overflowing. So your energy levels are up. Your self-care is always overflowing. You're happier, you're joyful, All those things that people hold dear are overflowing and you're always giving from the saucer. Therefore, you could always give. You're never going to reach burnout. So that's the sort of stuff I would probably talk about.
0: Okay. I can even use what you just said, dialoguing it to me. Okay. So the part about, I'm going to have you do the part about, I'm going to plug in a couple of things. I want to play with some things. But the part about the sauce, I think, are you saying saucer? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> Great. The, the UK dialect. you Are you from the UK originally?
1: Yeah, London. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. Great dialect. Beautiful to listen to. I always tell my people with dialects, you all have the competitive edge. So the part about the saucer is the part, I'm going to have you dialogue with me again. Now, let me ask you a couple of questions. What were you thinking about when you were telling me that, explaining that to me? Were you thinking about anything in particular?
1: I was visualizing the cup and saucer, okay. with the fluid actually overflowing
0: okay. into the saucer. That's what I was thinking. All right, so that's a movie in the head and that's that's a good technique. I'll tell you tonally what I'm picking up. Well, that's kind of irrelevant in this moment, what I'm picking up. I wanna shift it by, what do you feel about the fact that they're doing? Okay, so the fact that they're doing this, that people are doing this, they're pouring from an empty cup what do you feel about that? Does that frustrate you? Does that uh, make you sad? Does that make you mad? Do you want to get through to these people? The fact that people are doing this, what's the feeling around that?
1: Probably frustration.
0: Yep. That's what I'm picking up. And that does have
1: to be that way.
0: Right. And so that's what's blocking my invitation. And, and so the, it doesn't have to be this way he's the other side and what happens on the other side what's the feeling on the other side when I'm no longer depleting myself and I'm no how do you feel about that when you get me to that place is that excitement is that relief is that
1: excitement of the possibilities of the growth and the changes and transformations that they're going to go through
0: yeah totally different sound already So I want you to tell me about this concept of the cup and saucer or the saucer and pouring in and all of this, but I want you to tell it to me from the place of possibility.
1: Okay, yeah. So if you're giving and you're constantly there to help people and to support family and friends, if you're giving from the saucer, Your cup is always overflowing, where if you're only giving from the cup, you'll end up with burnout because eventually you will run out. But when you lead and help and guide and support your family and friends from the saucer, you never reach burnout and you're always energized to do everything that's on that to-do list or your heart's desires or your dreams. Nothing is off the table because you're not exhausted. So that's
0: where I want to get people to. Okay. Can you tell the difference in that? Yeah. My register went higher. Uh Uh-huh. Totally different. The weight, completely gone. Well, the front one was irritation, get this done. This is, we've got to focus. We've got to, that, and it, and I really think that's just coming from no nonsense I have so many people that are no-nonsense. I would say two-thirds of my client base is no-nonsense. And my no-nonsense people, there's a no-nonsense-ness about their their sounds. Some of them to the point of no time for idiocracy. Now, I'm not Mm -hmm. picking that up in you, but I was picking up the frustration. So what's happening is you're working from where they're at, versus where you want them to be. Yeah. Or what's on the other side. Now, I'm going to give a caveat to that because I can't have you out there, "Oh, everything is great all the time." Because that's not true. But yeah. what we what we probably want to do, what I think I would direct you to do in this moment is we want to definitely play in that realm more because that's what's going to build that range. See, we're used to working in the serious, heavy, let's go. So we don't need to work there. That's ready. That's ready to go. We want to work in this possibility place to build that muscle up because ultimately Mm -hmm. when you do that piece again, now maybe not today, but again, some of it is heavy and some of it is come on, man, let's go get, get, you got to hear me because this is what's possible. Yeah. And then we can play both. That makes a lot of sense. But we've got to build that muscle of creating that space. And for me, yeah, it was a higher register. Yeah, it was lighter. Yeah, the weight was off of it. Yeah, there was more of you shining through, your lighter side shining through. But it created an invitation for me to lean in. Mm-hmm. From a subconscious perspective, I did not go, yeah, I, I'm, I can't do that. And that was that possibility piece. So I think for you, the key thing is where do we find those places to lean into that? What's possible? It would be like if somebody I was working with was really, everything was fun and funny and light and exciting, I would be rolling in the opposite. I would be going, okay, what is heavy? What is serious? What is focused? Because we don't want to play just one note of either. We want to play both. But that weightless is what creates the invitation.
1: Yeah. Makes total sense. Does that, does that help you? It helps a lot. Yes, it does. I think... <clears throat> I think i'm coming from that place but just doing that little Mm. exercise there i could hear me coming from that place
0: so yeah so practice oh that's really good and that's classic perception reception and that's what the subconscious does the subconscious is up there going yeah you're doing it yeah you're doing it real good really good and i'm over here going why is it so heavy and so what we have to do is this is the key to this. And this is really the value of the of my ear you thought you were doing it I plugged in something else and then you were doing it. So what becomes important is you recreate the plug in. Yes. You recreate the plug in. Now I, whatever dialogue I use at the end of the day it doesn't really matter. What matters is in your head, what did you do? And you went, oh, I'm going to work from possibility. Okay, boom. That got me the sound I wanted. I don't care how we get there. I just want to get yeah. to the sound. And so find those places to lean into possibility. And and you could even play around with video now, maybe. Maybe you don't roll it out into the world, but you record a video and you play it from possibility. But that's the muscle that we want to build up, and then we want to dovetail both of those together. Heavy and light, heavy and light. Sometimes I talk about push versus pull. I'll use all different kind of interchanging dialogue, but heavy and light, heavy and light. We have to have that light to have that space to lean in to really hear those other shades, because that may be where we're at. But we do need both. There's no bad or wrong with lower, heavier, any of those sounds. I'm either rolling in one or the other, depending on who I'm working with. (laughs) Yeah, so you get it. Yeah, all right. Well, that's what I'm going to have you work on moving forward. Do you have any questions around Uh that? or Yeah, you can find ways to implement that? Yeah. I think
1: I'm going to have to just do the recordings. Obviously, I don't yeah. have to post them, but right. just to practice so it becomes natural and I feel comfortable doing it and I've not got that yeah. resistance to this is right. uncomfortable because it's something new, which is just uncomfortable totally. to begin with.
0: And the practice, because I know, listeners, you've heard me talk about um anti-practice. In this case... What Cherry's really talking about is reps. She's taking a new technique and she's putting in the reps to put it in the muscle memory because we're going to draw from whatever's in the muscle memory. I mean, obviously you've done the inner work, like you said, but the body keeps the score. The voice is still holding on to, this is how we have to do. This is how we protect. This is who we are. And so we've got to put in some reps, what Cherry's calling practice in this case, to bring up the lighter sounds because they're in there. All the sounds are in there that we need. Okay, well, we're going to check in with you in about a month or six weeks and we're going to see how you're doing so that we can update the listeners and let them know how it's going. Fantastic.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, well, thank you. I'm glad you were able to be here with us today and I look forward to hearing an update from you. Cherry has a very unique Solidity of strength in her voice. So many sounds are similar but incredibly different in my ear. She is calling tone what I'm hearing as heaviness. But the solidity in her voice is actually not a negative solidity, where a lot of times when people are working in heavier, more solid tones, They are working from a negative place, defense, arrogance, needing to prove. There is a slight bit of needing to prove in Cherry's sound, but really there are so many great things in that solidity like, well, this is how the subconscious is processing it. Like, you've got my back, you're going to get me a result, I can count on you to take care of me. Those are great qualities. Now, with that power, there is a lack of invitation. There is a heaviness in the sound that very much comes towards me, not letting me in. Now, if you look at her history based on what we her her line of work and what we talked about today. I do think she's got strength in her, no doubt. But I believe that there is a protection that was put in place in her voice because it had to be there because of the line of work. But the other sounds are there. They are buried, fun, light, passion, believing in me. They're all there. They're just buried. So the big part of the transformation for Cherry is going to be balancing out the strength, the solidity, the no-nonsense with ease and lightness and curiosity and possibility. Then we can have a balance of both, which is what everybody needs They need to play all their shades. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com and be sure to grab The Voice Formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes.